The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, good morning. Thank you for that sit together. It's lovely to sit together. And so this morning I'd like to talk a little bit about stories and the role that they play and some of the stories we tell ourselves and certainly some of the stories that are in our tradition. So there's one story that probably many of you are familiar with, and that is the story about the Buddha's awakening. The story goes that after the Buddha-to-be, after renouncing both like this sensual indulgement and all possible sensual pleasures, and then going to the opposite extreme and having this extreme asceticism, nearly starving himself to death. So after trying both of these extremes, and that didn't work, he didn't become awakened, then he decided, okay, well, I'm going to meditate, and he's going to go under a tree and sit and not move until he was awakened, until he was enlightened. And while he was sitting there under the tree, the story goes, there's a number of different versions of this story, as often is the case when there are stories is that uh, he was visited by Mara. And Mara tried to entice the Buddha to be with these different fantastic things, central indulgences. And when that didn't work, he uh, attacked the Buddha to be with armies. And that's a little bit what I'd like to talk about in, the, in our week together, is about these different armies that uh, Mara used to attack the Buddha to be before his awakening. So the, this story here. So we might say that Mara in this story symbolizes that which gets in the way of our further freedom, our awakening, this movement towards enlightenment. Might say that Mara represents some people might say the hindrances, and certainly, you know, Mara, we could say is the hindrances, but it's also more than that. It's uh, that which gets us, that captures us, and uh, makes us think that we don't need to move along this path towards greater awakening or distracts us uh, from this path towards greater freedom. So, Mara, as a character, I want to emphasize that he's not like satanic. Sometimes I've heard uh, different teachers or writings that kind of refer to him more as this demon or demonic. But I would say that real important distinction between Mara and any satanic ideas we might have is that Mara absolutely has no wish for beings to do evil or to be in hell. It's actually the opposite. Mara wants individuals to enjoy all the sense pleasures they can imagine. Mara would like for us to have the best food ever, the best vacations ever, the best sex ever, the best anything, just so that we like feel intoxicated by sensual pleasures and are indulging in them again and again and again. 
And instead of like seeking towards greater enlightenment or awakening, we find ourselves endlessly seeking and searching and striving towards freedom and peace, but never finding it because we're like stuck with these enticements of uh, whatever it is that gets in the way of our awakening, gets in the way of uh, greater freedom and peace. So for Mara, you would say there's this way in which we're never leaving what we might call samsara. There's a few ways to understand samsara. One is that uh, there's these different realms that beings can exist in. Some of them we might say are heavenly realms, some are hell realms. And we can understand it as, you know, some moments we're in the heaven realms, things are just perfect and ideal. It was nice for me to sit with you guys just a few minutes ago. Maybe we could say that was a little bit of a heaven realm. And then the hell realms where we have real difficulties, real difficulties. And then the human realm are just kind of our everyday life. So we can understand it as just one moment to the next, or we can understand it as, you know, one lifetime to the next. For the purposes of what we're talking about this week, absolutely doesn't matter. However, you like to hold this idea of samsara, of, you know, this being in the next one realm, one after the other. But getting back to this idea of Mara, so he's not uh, satanic doesn't want, you know, evil or bad. So he emphasizes complacency and contentment in some kind of way, but really like this complacency. So the story of Mara is the story of complacency versus effort. Being satisfied, not really doing anything versus, you know, Working, or I don't know if that's the right word, opening uh, uh, towards greater awakening. So it's not good versus evil. It's complacency versus, I'll use this word, effort. But I don't want to imply that it has to be super hard effort, because sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. So to this uh, story of Mara, there's been a modern-day reinterpretation that I just think is delightful, that I've really um, have enjoyed. And this uh, story has been written by Ajahn Punadamu from the Arrow River Forest Hermitage in northern Ontario, Canada. And he's in the Ajahn Chah lineage. And he uh, wrote this story That's the story of Mara writing letters to the generals of these 10 armies. So he has these uh, letters that he's written to kind of like encourage those individuals who are um, leading these armies that lead uh, humans, we'll say, into this complacency. So here's the setting in which... uh, Ajahn Punadamo wrote as describing Mara sitting down to write these letters. And here's, here's the description. In a faraway realm, there's this most intoxicatingly beautiful pleasure park in all the vast swarms of universes. 
Golden leaves swayed by gentle breezes tinkle with soft and lazy melodies. Gorgeous birds and enormous butterflies flutter through the shady groves. And then he goes on to describe how there's this castle. And inside this castle, there is this individual named Mara, who is sitting at a desk. Um, setting down, sitting down to dictate a letter to the ten armies, to the generals of his ten armies. So you can this really fantastical realm, and sometimes that's kind of what makes it fun. I think is this fantastical realm that this uh, maybe this sense of whimsy, as opposed to some of the seriousness, because this practice is really serious, but sometimes we need a little bit of whimsy to uplift the heart and for maybe to see ourselves in a way that uh, isn't so maybe critical or overbearing. So the scene is Mara sitting at this desk in this beautiful castle in this beautiful land to write letters to his generals or the leaders of these 10 armies. So what are the 10 armies? Sense desires, boredom, hunger and thirst, craving, sloth and torpor, uncertainty, malice and obstinacy, honor, renown and notoriety, and self-praise and denigration of others. So these are the 10 armies. These are the things that uh, get in the way of our leading to greater freedom. And so in this, um, in these ensuing weeks, I'll be talking a little bit about these armies and the letters that Ajahn Punadamo has written to the leaders of these armies. So, um, we might talk, say, well, why? what about stories? Like, why do we even bother with these uh, stories? Like, this is silly, Diana. But stories have such an important part in kind of like the human experience. Like, we all share stories. We share stories with our family, of our family, of work, of our experiences. And certainly uh, in our daily lives, we might refer to myths or folklores or characters from TV shows you know, that to explain things to others or maybe even to explain things to ourselves. And I know in Buddhist circles, we sometimes use this expression like the second arrow, referring to a story, right? The Buddhist story of the first arrow is what life brings us. But the second arrow is our reaction to difficulties. And the second arrow is can be just as painful or as painful as the first arrow. So that's just a representation of a story that uh, kind of as practitioners we share. And we often use it to represent something that's meaningful. And the use of a story is a way in which we can maybe do a shorthand, but also kind of connects us. Stories let us share information that maybe creates a little bit of an emotional connection with others or, or maybe help us understand information and maybe even make that information memorable. It's certainly easier to remember this idea of the second arrow rather than a complicated idea of, well, then there's what happens and then there's our reactions to what happens. 
But how can we use these stories to help our practice? Maybe even these stories with Mara and his armies. These stories can help us recognize our common humanity. All beings experience these visits from Mara and his army. We don't have to take it personally. It's part of the human experience to be visited by sense desires, boredom, malice and obstinacy, thirst and hunger, and, you know, all these other armies. So we don't have to identify with them when they arise. Because when we identify with them, we may feel incompetent or inadequate, or we may feel discouraged. So there's a way in which sharing these stories can be a way for us to connect with others and to feel like, oh, yeah, this is what it means to be human. And then I'll add the role of whimsy. For me, I actually really like this whimsy because there's a way in which it dissolves some of this anger and frustration, or maybe we might say let's light shine in some of the dark places. Or we might even say that it warms our hearts or softens our hearts and makes life more interesting to have some of these stories and to have a little bit of whimsy that eases some tension and is a way that uh, connects us together. So the role of stories in practice Certainly there's stories that we tell ourselves that are not helpful. But I'm hoping in these few days together to share stories that are helpful. And them having this whimsical, fantastical form helps us remind us that they're stories. And maybe helps us be able to look at ourselves and our own experience with uh, some of this warmth and kindness that connects us with others. So I hope that you'll join me for the rest of this week as we'll, as I'll share some of these letters that were written to the leaders of these different armies. I'll choose a few of these. Uh, tomorrow will be boredom. So how does Mara encourage people to be bored? And then how can we as practitioners work with that? So thank you. And I look forward to spending these days together and wishing you a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you.